for the week of September 19th, 2021. This is Mojo Weekly. I am John. Hey, and uh, I just want to let you know on Tuesday, November 9th at 8.50 a.m., I've got a dentist appointment. I'm just saying it now so I'll remember it. This is Jash. He's back. The prodigal son returns uh, from uh, from dominating the uh, the squared circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that match will actually be live on uh, YouTube tomorrow at noon. I can send a link to our Mojo family on our Discord world. But, you know, it's great that you took a pause and didn't record any um, episodes of Mojo Weekly without me. I'm sure everyone has been very sad that there haven't been any new episodes for so many weeks. So I'm glad that we're back. Brother, the show must go on. With or without you, I mean, with or without me, even. I mean, I'd love to see you just bitch. like I'd love to see you just take over one week when I'm gone. That'd be fucking oh, awesome. No. That'd be sweet. I could, I could, I could, I could wing it. A Johnless episode. Get you and Lag in here. Fucking <laughs> holy Christ! It'd be anarchy. All right. Uh, there is well, there is apparently a lot going on in Josh's life. There is fuck all going on in the video game news arena. So. We thought perhaps instead we would celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Nintendo GameCube uh, so Josh can shit all over it. It's going to be great. Well, it's not that I'm going to shit all over it. Let's just yeah. let's be honest here. It was uh, Nintendo's worst selling console of all time. So what is there to celebrate? Uh, did, did 20 years? Did the Wii U ever surpass the GameCube sales-wise? I actually don't know. I know okay. they were both around 10 million. I, th- I think the Wii... U was around 10 million and the GameCube hit 13, maybe 14 million. But um, yeah, you're right. I, the Wii, it'd be like celebrating the Wii U's 10th anniversary in two years. Like, are we going to do that? Like, it's such a let's celebrate mediocrity. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Here, I, I'm, I'm going to Google this. I'll answer this question, but um, I'll try to answer this question. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, GameCube sold in its lifespan 21.74 million. That's crazy. In its lifespan, the Wii U sold a whopping thirteen and a half million. So, so just good. over half of uh, what the GameCube sold. Wow. Damn. Um, yeah. Well, thing. What would you rather have, a GameCube or a Wii U? I mean, I guess if you're thinking about it, even even in its heyday, which one would you rather purchase on launch day? On launch day? Oh, boy. So at the GameCube's launch, we had uh, Super yeah. Monkey Ball. We had Luigi's Mansion. We had, uh, I think, uh, Star Wars. Yep. So that was pretty good. It was not a bad launch. Uh, and then like a month later was Smash Brothers Melee, which still many consider to be the best in the series. I am not one of those, but... Um, uh, the Wii U had New Super Mario Brothers U. Yeah. Zombie U, I think, was in there. <laughs> yes, that was a launch game. Yeah, at right. launch, I'm going GameCube. I'm going GameCube at launch. I guess I would say, which one's backwards compatible? The GameCube, right. you have six games on launch day. The Wii U, you have over a thousand Wii games that you could play. Also true. So... I don't know. I, I, a lot of it's, it's interesting. I always thought, you know, growing up that a game system that was backwards compatible ultimately has the advantage over any other game systems. Yeah. Like the Xbox coming out, you know, it didn't have any backwards compatibility literally because there was no other Xbox when the original Xbox came out in 01. The GameCube, they went finally, Nintendo went with the CD route or at least mini kind CD of. Route, route with a, with a different kind of system. So no, no backwards compatibility there either. The PS2 though, on the other hand, that was the system to get because you could play PS1 games on it. And I thought that was spectacular. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Dreamcast didn't have uh, Saturn backwards compatibility either, but I could imagine what kind of abomination com- console they'd make if it was backwards compatible with the Saturn. How yeah. awful that would have been. But um, and I love the Saturn, by the way. But <sighs> GameCube appreciation. Twenty. Did you did you have one at launch? No, fuck no. No, absolutely not. I did. Uh, I stuck it out with Dreamcast until like '04. So <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I did get one at launch. Uh, Hilden and I drove to uh, Wisconsin. We we crossed the border. We we crossed the border from Minnesota over to Wisconsin, Hudson, Wisconsin, to go to the Walmart because we knew that they were open twenty four hours. And this was before you had to stand in line for consoles. This was before like you pre ordered consoles. Like none of that shit was in place. We knew that the Hudson, uh, Wisconsin Walmart was twenty four hours. So we drove our asses over there. Walked in exactly at midnight. We each grabbed a GameCube off the shelf. He got a black one. I got a sweet-looking purple one because that's me. Um, and we drove all the way home and played some Star Wars and played some uh, Luigi's Mansion and played some Monkey Ball. That's cool, and that's a good memory. And I like how you did that on purpose because inside the GameCube, there is at least one or two processors made by NEC, and yeah. you just happened to go to Hudson with <laughs> to get your GameCube. Wow, I, uh, that's dedication to your totally. Totally intentional. Uh, I I actually really really loved the GameCube when I had it. Um, I loved the controller. Wow. Um, I was one of those freaks who actually was like, man, this controller rocks. I and I didn't necessarily care for the button placement of it with the big honking A button in the middle and then the little beans around it. Um, wasn't so much a fan of that as I was like the grip of the controller. I get that. I, I like the form factor of it. I did like the. Um, the philosophy of the button layout where like you can press multiple buttons at once very easily i don't know that anybody really took advantage of that um yeah, and know. and i did kind of like the um analog triggers the squishy triggers thought that yeah. was cool i think that's kind of cool too it was a little irritating having uh, i think one side had two triggers and one side had though just the one because you yep. had the z trigger yeah. Um, i get it it was an abomination in in my opinion uh, it was kind of a combination of what we had in the PlayStation era, you know, PlayStation One DualShock and the PlayStation Two, and it kind of like they had sex with the with the N64 controller. And it's yeah. like we still have to stay with this consistency. We still have to have the A, B, and the X and Y, and we want the C directional analog stick on the other side, you know, to take place of the C buttons. Yeah. So that way, GameCube could have sequels to N64 games, and they would pretty pretty much play consistently the same because the GameCube controller is similar to that. But I hated the layout. Um, I, I disliked the overall feel of the GameCube controller. But I did fall in love with WaveBirds. WaveBirds yeah. were amazing. Yeah. Um, having four of those and being able to sit wherever you want—it was like the real, honest to god, true first time that that I the con- the concept of like what Bluetooth connection. I'm not sure if that's what it was, but whatever whatever wavelength they put them on, and it worked so well. There was no lag. There was no um, issues with uh, if you had your if you had the controller on your lap and a blanket was over it, you could still play because it, it was still connecting. It wasn't like yeah. uh, it wasn't like the remote controls from like the Turbo or the Genesis or the Super Nintendo era, where it's like you have to hold them like a remote, like you're pointing it at the TV. Yeah. Um, Wavebirds really rocked. I loved that. Yeah, a lot. man. I really loved that a lot. Um, I thought that was interesting. What, what I, I, I I'd assume that. Um, one day Miyamoto was, was having dinner and they were yeah. talking about the concept of the Nintendo GameCube and they're like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make a game console. That's like a, a big Rubik's cube. And he's like, I love it. I love it. That's great. <laughs> and they started to get to the idea of, um, you know, the controller 
and uh, you know he started feeling really sick in his stomach, and he he just ate a bunch of red kidney beans and some green beans <laughs> and other things, and he threw up onto his plate, and he looked down and he saw that perfect assemblance of the A, B, and X, Y buttons. And he's like, boom, take a picture of this. This is our controller. And yeah. that's how it was born. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed, sure. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> I I, I kind of like the cuteness of the console itself, the little Duplo block looking thing. I was, you know, and, and I was a guy who was, what, at that point in my mid-20s, I should have hated it, you know. This was, yeah. this was in 2001 where, you know, Oh, I'm mature, wow. you know. <laughs> I, I want my mature games, you know, uh, M-rated games and shit like that. I was never into that. I was always like, you know what? I like fun, quirky, kooky, weird shit. Uh, yeah. This this console is ridiculous looking. It's a little cube with a handle on the back. Like, fucking whatever, man. Give it to me. I think it's cool. It's it's solid as a rock. You could drop it off a fucking building and That's true. it's not going anywhere. Um I thought it was cool. I liked the little xylophone opening. Do 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 pop. I always thought that was awesome. But Josh, let's talk about the games. What, in your opinion, is the best GameCube game on the console? Does it have to be exclusive? No, no, not at all. Capcom versus SNK two. Yo, nice done. That is not what I thought you were gonna say. You being master troll. Uh, oh, it's it's it's. I mean, let's be honest. Here's the thing: like that GameCube version of it. If you had arcade sticks, yeah. it's perfect. It's the perfect game. It's better. It plays better than the PlayStation Two version. It loads faster than the Dreamcast version. So if you're not playing in an arcade machine, where the actual like what is that the Naomi board two or whatever that that Capcom and Sega yeah. made together. Yeah. Um, if you're not playing on that board, what is it? A Thomas Wave or something like that, or whatever board was that they had out there. Um, the GameCube's your next best bet because it literally loads instantly. Those those battles, like it's like that load screen was like this battle, you know, fight on, and it's like boom, the fight starts. Yeah. Dreamcast would be my second favorite version of that, but that's my all time favorite fighting game ever made, and I, I that's a, a gotta have for the GameCube. It's, yeah. I think it's perfect. All right. Uh, I thought for sure you were gonna just troll me and say it's Billy Hatcher. Oh, Billy Hatcher's good too, though. <laughs> I like Billy Hatcher. Um. I've got a lot. Of, I've got a lot of choices here. I'm just gonna roll roll right past that. But I'm cha, um, and I'm gonna say Metroid Prime, the first one. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, that game. Uh, I was obsessed with it. Um, it came out the same day as uh, as the as the Game Boy Metroid. Oh yeah. Uh, and so that was like that was like a month of just Metroid mania for me. When I wasn't playing yep. it on my GameCube, I was playing. Metroid on my GBA. That was Metroid uh, Fusion, right? Fusion uh, Prime. Uh, either Fusion or Zero Mission. I forget. I think Fusion came first. Maybe, so maybe. Anyway, We're, we don't strive for accuracy; just emotion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's my, my, my uh, motto, uh, Wind Waker. Uh, I loved Wind Waker. I, I was one of those still. You know, this was you know in an era where people were giving Wind Waker shit because of the cartoony cutesy yeah. visuals and i was like are you fucking nuts these visuals are great and stood the test of time i think time has proven it right like it still holds up it's still a beautiful game where if you try to go back to like uh you know a, like uh, ocarina of time or twilight princess you're like god damn this games look like shit but yep. you go back to wind waker gorgeous still gorgeous hmm. no thoughts on that one i okay so Wind Waker's cool. Um, I think it's really pretty. I think the gameplay is nice. Um, 
But it, I mean, I don't know. It's like uh, I, I guess I wanted more serious Zelda stuff. I, I think it would have been cool to have it as a side story or a side mission. Um, and it, and I'll I'll catch shit for it. I'm sure. I just I don't know. I like Ocarina of Time better. I like uh, Twilight Princess better. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those middle ground games. It, it didn't feel. I don't know. It didn't feel like it was the evolution of Zelda to me. Yeah, but sure. Yeah. Uh, Pikmin kind of took me by surprise. I did not expect yep. to like Pikmin. Wound up loving it. Um, right. It's it's like a strategy game. The only way Miyamoto could do a strategy game. Love that one. Uh, Super Monkey Ball one and two. I had no idea how much I would love this game when I got it at launch. No idea. But. Uh, uh, Christine and I had uh, been, you know, we we were living together at this point, um, and had been for I don't know a, a little bit. We yeah. we obsessed over these games. Every time you know we came home, we'd play some Super Monkey Ball and play Monkey Target and all that That's stuff, awesome. and, and just have a fucking blast. Loved that game. Also, her and I played just a shit ton of Animal Crossing. Oh yeah, it was the Animal first. Is good. The first Animal Crossing we got in the states was on GameCube, and man, I, I think, I think the the first one on the GameCube is still my favorite too. Yeah, out of all of them, yes, because they never really incorporated the idea of being able to collect NES carts and any new one. Oh, that's true. The DS ones and all those, like, and obviously you're just playing Punch Out and Zelda One and <laughs> yeah. Kickle Cubicle and. You know a few other games like that but man just being able to walk around and dig and find things around the area and then boom you have a copy of zelda on your gamecube like you could legit sit and play zelda on your animal crossings like from beginning to end it's perfect i just thought that was such a cool concept it, it that came out around the same time as shenmue on the dreamcast or maybe it was a year or two later and shenmue you can collect sega genesis games so i was like fuck animal crossings and shenmue are my two favorite <laughs> games in the entire time because it's like it's like games within games. I loved that concept, and at the time, it seemed like a totally new theory or a new new idea to me. Yeah. But hey, I got a really uh, obscure GameCube game for you yeah. that I love. Yeah. Um, so you guys listening probably know that I'm a big wrestling nerd. Um, so on the N64, arguably had some of the best wrestling games ever made. Um, WCW, NWO, Revenge, uh, WWF, No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000. All those games were awesome, amazing games made by uh, THQ, or at least... Uh, produced by THQ, but they're actually developed by a company called AKI Corporation or Sin Sophia in Japan. And there actually is a wrestling game on the GameCube made by AKI. And it was actually published by Bandai and it's Ultimate Muscle Legends vs. New Generation. So if you liked any of those game or any of those N64 wrestling games like No Mercy, dude, you owe it to yourself to find uh, Ultimate Muscle. However, it is a rare ish game, so it's gone up in price a lot. But most of the reviews are like, like um, 4.9 out of 5, an 8 out of 10. Like, people really, really rate it really high, and I think it's awesome. It has uh, modes in it where you can create a character, you can create finishers, you can create moves, you can create a whole shitload of stuff. And the the areas that they have and the wrestling arenas that you can wrestle in and everything are amazing. Yeah, uh, I loved it. It's a blast. It's super funny, and you can name the moves. So, like, your guy will... It's an anime slash wrestling show. So, like, when you do your finisher, it's like crazy Pokemon, like, explosions. Like, here comes his big move! You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And, like, he hits his big finisher, and then on the bottom it'll say, like, the name of the move. And it's like, he hit the... And you can call it, like, toe and face. You know, something <laughs> stupid. Um, but, dude, it's super fun. That's a great GameCube game. I actually really love that game. Right on. Uh, you know what? I think Mario Kart Double Dash was underrated. It is definitely a different uh, type of Mario Kart that we, you know, that we never saw before and never saw again. 
Yep. You know, it's my uh, favorite. Yeah, actually, of all the Mario Karts, it's great. You know, when you have the two players uh, on or two characters on one cart. Um, yep. I remember playing at E3 and Hilden and I again. We were yeah. at E3 and we were like, "This is fucking nuts!" Like we had never yeah. seen anything like it. Um, and so when it came out, like we played the shit out of that game. I want to talk about just a few uh, kind of not necessarily in you know people's top you know 10 lists of GameCube games but games that I think are worth mentioning anyway one of them uh Beautiful Joe that's a great game super fun uh it was what I always kind of pictured 2D games to evolve into you know when I was little I was like man wouldn't it be yep. cool if they had like cartoon like visuals and boom there came Beautiful <laughs> Joe uh complete with like the whole film uh vibe to it uh another one is Odama which is the oh. uh, pinball strategy game that you yep. could use the uh, you use a microphone and the Donkey Kong Jungle Beat congas. Yep, like that. that one. That's fucking nuts. It was so uh, weird. And speaking of Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, like that was awesome. Uh, just like a crazy like uh, runner platformer that you controlled with with bongos. Yep, um, I remember that. So nuts. Uh, Cubivore. Cubivore was a nutty little game where everything, as you know, the name implies, uh, were was shaped like just kind of cubes. They were all just cubicle shaped, right? And yeah. you were a little cuby animal with like jaws, and you would roam around these cubic like environments, eating other cuby animals and evolving into like different cube shapes. Crazy game. Uh, nobody fucking talks about it ever. Uh, I am going to stream it on uh, Twitch one of these days because more people know, need to know about the madness of Cubivore. Um, Is that a sequel to Glover? <laughs> no, but we're getting one. Uh, that's in the news, I guess. We could have talked about the Glover sequel. I'm, I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, we're, uh, Cubivore, I, I, I've got a weird, like, review copy of it from Atlas. So it's just, it's a little disc that just has, like, mar Sharpie marker that says Cubivore uh -huh. on it. Um, uh, this one's not obscure, but I still think Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door is the best Paper Mario in the series. Agreed. Um, yep, it is. And, and visually, again, still holds up, just like, uh, just like yeah. Wind Waker. And then, uh, you know, the Resident Evil games, uh, especially uh, the remake of Part 1 and then yep. uh, Resident Evil 4. Great games. Yeah, um, I, I think so. I, the GameCube is definitely uh, loaded with good games. It's, it's true. I mean, as much as I like to make fun of it. I think that Nintendo was kind of going through this, this phase now where they were sort of riding the ship. And people will love and love and love on the N64 and I get that. I really think that the N64 was a massive mistake. Yeah. It put it put Nintendo so far behind Sony. Um and, and even at that point they were almost in recovery mode when 2001 rolled around because they had to shed all of the mistakes that they made with the N64. And the GameCube did right the ship in certain ways. Um it did get a little bit of help from some third third party support that were basically completely absent on the N64. Um, for instance, like Konami and Nintendo making Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes yeah. on the GameCube. That was a big deal. If you've never really played Metal Gear Solid, it's the perfect way to play it because it actually is the best way to play it. It's the it's the PlayStation original just amped up to a thousand and much, much better graphics, better gameplay, everything like that. Um, but like some other weird third party games, I'd mentioned, you know, the Ultimate Muscle game, but like 
Activision came out with this really, really neat and obscure RPG series called Lost Kingdoms. Yeah. Lost Kingdoms 1 and 2, which were like card-based um, games um, that were really interesting. And in speaking of card-based games, um, GameCube was the exclusive home of Fantasy Star Online 3, or Part 3, um, which is a continuation of the storyline, which was actually four different chapters or four volumes of Fantasy Star Online. Um, Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2 came out on the GameCube. Really good gameplay. You could play online using the broadband adapter, which no one had. let's not forget, you could also get that gigantic keyboard GameCube controller. I had that. Did you really? I did. I had that. I had that up until about a year ago, and I saw it was going for $250 on eBay, and I said, finally, I'm just going to get rid of this. Holy you shit. You can't use it for anything. What a beast. It was. It was ridiculous, but it was really cool. I think it's awesome. Um, but Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2 came out in this perfect uh, perfect version of the first two games. And then 3 came out, which actually I enjoyed. It was a card revolution style game where you play with cards. Um, a lot of people didn't like that, but it actually had more in common with the original four Fantasy Star, on, Fantasy Star games on the Genesis. Yeah. Because the gameplay and the battle system was more similar to those games instead of it just being a hack and slash. Um, but but that was awesome. I'll, I'll, I, this is a weird one. But I think one of my very top favorite games on the GameCube was actually Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. Which most people really dislike. Yeah. But I was able to, um, I was able to manage to get four of my friends all had Game Boy SPs or the Advanced SPs, and then uh, we had our connector cables, which I still got like six or seven of them yep. to play that way, and. Um, <laughs> it was so much fun playing Crystal Chronicles with four friends all on our little Game Boy Advances. Um, but there's actually a Frankenstein connector way to be able to play that game for players using regular GameCube controllers. Really? You need five GameCubes. <laughs> and four Game Boy players. Oh, yeah. I suppose the Game Boy player, we should mention that. A, a not perfect, but a good uh good solution for those who wanted to play their gba games on the tv uh, yeah not perfect but still that. good yeah. yeah it was uh, a great way to play a lot of those like those uh castlevania symphony of the night kind of spin-off sequel things and all the Mega Man games that came out for it and totally yeah yeah the game boy player is excellent all right so we've rambled on about the gamecube for 20 minutes which is usually the length of our freaking podcast so we're going to move along uh and josh it is time my friend for the new releases It's a big week, man. It's a big week. Lots of good stuff coming out. Starting with Kenna Bridge of Spirits for the PS5, PS4, and PC. My son's been uh, interested in this game for a long time, so I've got a feeling this one's going to wind up in my house soon. Hmm. Um, looks really cool. Uh, Sheltered 2 for PC. World War Z Aftermath for, let's just call it everything except Switch. Uh, Pokemon Unite coming to mobile phones. Diablo 2 Resurrected. There it is. It is. Coming to PC. Uh, Ember with only one E. E-M-B-R. Uh, coming to uh, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries finally comes to PlayStation consoles. Huh. Uh, here's a big one for me. I've been waiting this one for this one for a long time just due to like the vibe of it. Uh, Sable is coming to the Xboxes and PC. Uh, it is also day one Game Pass. So very excited for that one. You said Fable with an F? Sable with an S. Oh, Sable. Yeah, Sable with an S. Hmm. Uh, very cool little game. They had a demo about a month or so ago, so I was excited <laughs> to play that. Loved what I played until I broke it. Hopefully they fixed it. 
Um, wow. Yeah, I fell through a floor and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, but uh, still, like the just the visual style and um, the vibe of the game and the music, it's all really, really great. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> Death Stranding Director's Cut is coming to PS5. So if you didn't get enough walking on your PS4, you can walk some more. You and Daryl can walk around some more. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Kakarot. I don't know how to pronounce that shit. I don't watch Dragon Ball. Uh, coming to Switch. And then finally, God damn, it's here already. I can't believe it. Uh, Lost Judgment. Coming to PS5, Xbox, all the Playstations and Xboxes. Let's just call it that. Lost Judgment. Sequel, sequel to Judgment, which is a spinoff of the Yakuza series. Oh yeah, it's it's been three months, so yeah, a new year. <laughs> I can't Here believe this game snuck up on me, though, man. I thought I had at least another month before I had to buy this damn thing. Um, but here we are. Here we are. All right, now it is time for Dale's retro recap. Hey, hey, Mojo Weekly listeners! This is Dale, and welcome back to this week's recap of the latest retro re-releases, remasters, and remakes. As always, credit for this goes to Mr. GSK from RetroNots.com and LimitedRunGames.com. Let's get to it. Starting off physically for this week, we have Turok Dinosaur Hunter and Turok 2 Seeds of Evil, both for the PlayStation 4, were available via open pre-order from Limited Run Games, each for only $30, and that is for the basic standard edition. These remasters feature updated visuals of the landmark N64 first-person shooter series, and they have also been available digitally on Steam and most consoles for a couple of years now if you want to go for a cheaper alternative. Limited Run has a plethora of extra Turok merch available like hats, keychains, and hoodies available either separately or with an assortment of merch bundled with the game for a whopping $311.99. All right, moving on to a retro-adjacent physical release, Lost Judgment, for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series S and X, available at most retailers. Now, I'm mentioning this latest entry in the Yakuza spin-off series because it features an, an accessible in-game Sega Master System slash Mark III console and uh, that will have eight games available to play emulated within the game kind of like how you would play the NES games in the original Animal Crossing and there will be four more games available for a total of 12 when you get the Season Pass DLC. Just for a quick rundown of the games, the eight included within Lost Judgment are Alex Kidd in Miracle World, Fantasy Zone, Penguin Land, Quartet, Enduro Racer, Woody Pop, Maze Hunter 3D, Secret Command, with the four DLC games included being Global Defense, Alien Syndrome, Fantasy Zone 2, The Tears of Opa Opa, and Segaya. If you want a more complete breakdown of the Lost Judgment Season Pass DLC, uh, I accessed this information from a great breakdown on jimatsu.com and lost judgment will also be available digitally as well on on these platforms moving on to other digital releases we have from the arcade archives soldom for ps4 and switch for eight dollars this originally hit arcades in 1992 from Jalico, and it is a puzzle game that focuses on matching fruit-colored rows to progress. Mr. GSK favors this game and attributes that to its soundtrack, which you are currently listening to. It's fine-tuned gameplay and a good variety of modes. The G-Mode Archives is back with Mystia 2 for the Japanese Switch. 
And Mistia 2 is a port of the Japanese RPG that originally hit Japanese phones in 2005 and has 16-bit quality visuals and is collected as a whole after being originally released episodically. Next up is Metal Slug First and Second Mission Double Pack for the Switch for $15. And that contains the two entries from the Neo Geo Pocket Color Collection released earlier this year on Switch for a more friendlier price that appeals to fans of Metal Slug games. So you can just get this two-pack for $15. Next up in other noteworthy releases, we have the Retro Fighters pre-order for the wireless GameCube controllers, which are only available for pre-order until early October for $40. And this, these controllers have 2.4 wireless gigahertz tech, dual Z buttons, a 30-foot range, and a rechargeable battery, and is compatible with the GameCube, Switch, and PC. And finally, Ship to Shore has the original soundtrack release of Power Stone in vinyl and cassette form, but as of this recording, the vinyl release quickly sold out on the pre-order, but the cassette is still available. And finally, one last quick shameless self-promotion here is that I wrote a belated 30th anniversary journal on the Super Nintendo, recounting all my favorite and least favorite memories, experiences, what have you. And you should be able to find that on the Mojo Menace homepage by the time you're listening to this, or on my blog at daleisgreat.blogspot.com. Alright, that wraps it up this week. Make sure to check out the MojoMenace.com forums for more in-depth details on all this week's releases. Back to you, John and Jack, or maybe Dave? There's Dale with his retro recap. Josh, this one, I think you're excited to talk about it. Our game spotlight, we are going to talk about a game called Gunlord. And me specifically, I'm going to talk about Gunlord X, which is just a re-release of Gunlord on the Switch. Uh, So this this is made by, what, a company called NG Dev, is that right? Yep, NG Dev. Uh, And they are, I believe, a German company? Uh, I'm actually not sure. sure on their origins, but yeah, potentially. I'm sure they're overseas of some sort. They, Those Neo Geo guys are all yeah. overseas and, and rich, filthy rich. <laughs> yeah. So uh, these guys, uh, I think it's a two-man team, uh, and they, 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 they're known for making kind of just like badass, old-schoolish, uh, games like in the style of Neo Geo and whatnot, and they so and they actually release Neo Geo games. Uh, also released their games on Dreamcast, and yep. they've they've recently <clears throat> begun putting their games onto Switch as well. Typically, physical releases of Switch, but with Gunlord X, I believe that is the first time they released something on the eShop digitally. Huh. Um, it's ten bucks, which is a steal. Well fucking yeah. steal for this game especially considering that the physical version sold out in like a minute yeah um hard to get these days um they release them in limited quantities because it's just a small team um but josh you played the dreamcast version is that right i did yes i actually have a copy of the dreamcast game uh when that was released man about 2013 or 14 or i don't remember how long ago but it was it was neo geo was the original which was far out of reach for me as far as financially yeah and then uh the dreamcast one which was like 49 bucks so 
Um, yeah, Dreamcast version. Not, not kind of a, a, a no-brainer there. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. I, I knew what the gameplay was going to be like. I watched a lot of uh, the videos, the Kickstarter. I don't know if they did a Kickstarter, but anyway, I saw a lot of a lot of what it was going to be. You know, it's the style of game it was going to be and what it was kind of fashioned after, and I was, like, sold. I'm down. It's been yeah. so long since we've gotten a new Turrican game. I was 100% down for this. So, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a Turrican clone. So if you've played the Turrican games, uh, you know, mainly uh, in the 16-bit era on the Genesis, Super Nintendo, Turbo Graphics. Um, yep. You kind of know what to expect here. Um, we don't oh, mention the Turbo Graphics one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, that was the only Turrican game I had ever played. That's so sad. Only one. It and and I, only, I only played through it with the uh, invincibility code because I was like, Jesus, this game is hard. So I yeah. found the invincibility code and plowed through it. I loved it with the invincibility code. What I loved about it... And what Gunlord does right is it's like, it is not super linear. I mean, it can be. You can, you know, Mm -hmm. find the path. You can follow the arrows, go to where you need to go. But it is, like, immense, like, these these 2D worlds. It's not just, like, you're going to run to the right and shoot. It's like you're going to go up, down, left, right. You're going to go all over these caves. You're going to find hidden objects, hidden uh, hidden items. You're going to find hidden enemies. You're going to die a lot. Um, oh, yeah. and you're oh, going to, yeah. and, and, but man, it, it, that's what always fascinated me about Turek. And at that time I had never really played a game like that other than maybe mm-hmm. Metroid. Um, but this was, yeah. this seemed even more open than Metroid to me, you know, Metroid's levels kind of made sense to me and were like very, very much like linear as in they went up, down, left or right. As where yeah. Turrican was like, you go into like weird shaped caves that like don't really have platforms. You just kind of have to jump on the edge of the cave and oh, make yeah. your way around. And that's Gunlord does a really good job of emulating that design. Yeah, it is interesting. I feel like the Turrican series, and 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 I've I think I've played almost every game out of it. I, I think the Turbo version's absolutely garbage, but like. Every single one that comes out feels like um, almost like a special edition version of the game that came prior to it. Yeah. Like it was like, here's Turrican. It's great. You like it. It's a lot of fun. Here's Turrican 2. Almost all the same levels, the same bosses, the same everything. Better music, better graphics. Oh, and you got a few more moves. And here's a couple of special additional levels. And then Turrican 3 did the same thing on the Amiga. Yeah. Um, where it's like, it's, it's like you don't really need to go back and play the originals because you still get the same story. You still get the same gameplay and the same everything. But like you had mentioned, though, they are they're was that the the stupid term metroidvania or metroid yeah. style where it's like an open t- style game turkin isn't necessarily like that though the levels are kind of similar to like sonic the hedgehog where you can go five different layers of levels um to if you want to go on the bottom path you can do that you want to be on the top you can do that you can go however you want sometimes the end though isn't just to the right sometimes the end is somewhere in the middle or somewhere in the end or there's a boss in the middle or whatever um but the linear versus kind of it being open um, it kind of ends when you beat a level, though, because once you beat a level in Gunlord or Turrican or whatever type of game you're playing, you don't have to backtrack to that level ever again. Like, it's it's not yeah. in the past. You'll never go back to it. Whereas Metroid is open where you can beat a boss and you'll go f- somewhere else and do something else. And you'll have to come back to that room where you fought the boss and you have to walk through that area where the boss is still dead or or the area is just empty or whatever. Like, like that. there's a difference in the games there. But, but Turrican and Gunlord... There's a lot of similarities to Metroid, uh, especially with Samus' suit and stuff, where you can go, bo- roll into a ball and then roll around, yeah. um, plopping down bombs, um, jumping up into areas. In certain areas, you can't get through unless you duck down into that ball and roll through it. Um, they definitely do borrow um, some gameplay elements, hand and you know, back and forth. 
um, between the two series. But yeah, dude, Gunlord on the Dreamcast is spectacular. So like you're saying, if it's $10 on the Nintendo eShop for the Switch, you absolutely should get it. It's a blast. Yeah. It's a lot yep. of fun. Um, but with any NG dev game, um, they're challenging. They're going to yeah. be really tough. So unless you got some hacks or some codes or you're really, really working on your, your Twitch gameplay reflexes and your skills and stuff, you're going to die a lot. You know, and that's a that's something I should also just clarify as well because it sounds like I, I was doing a little reading. It sounds like they rebalanced the difficulty a little bit on the Switch. So I didn't find it. I found it challenging for sure, especially on my first on my first play of it. I was like fucking dying all the time. Yeah. But as I started to understand and, you know, remember, oh, yeah, this is how Turrican played, you know, um, mm-hmm. I started figuring it out and getting the hang of it. And I made it to like the third or fourth level without dying. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting this. I'm, it makes sense. It's got cool like items like it's a it's a giant gem that if you collect this giant gem, it gives you another continue. So that th- those sorts of things help. So that also encourages you to explore these cavernous levels. Um, it's it's the graphically, man. Just beautiful like these this the pixel art that these guys do is just beautiful and um it's beautiful man it's beautiful <laughs> but anyway but anyway uh now so the reason uh i'm i'm talking about Gunlord this week or i suggested we do is because ng dev just released another game for switch uh this past week uh another version a switch port of one of their older titles called razion ex oh right on and it is a it is a uh, horizontal shmup, uh, and it is uh, I, I'm actually downloading it right now because as we were nice. talking, I was like, oh shit, I need to download that yet. Uh, yeah. It's on Switch. It's twenty bucks. It's brand new, getting great reviews, um, and it's again, it's a port of one of their older games. But man, really beautiful. If you like, if you like Gradius or R type, or you know, probably more fast paced than R type. But you know, if you're into those. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a good example, but I can't off the top of my head. Uh, mm-hmm. th- like a Thunder Force, you know, like one of those oh, yeah. type of games. If you're into that, it looks like that, only just way more beautiful. Like you know, the the pixel art that these guys are known for. So check it That's out. Awesome. It's twenty bucks on eShop. Um, I've like I said, I've watched a bunch of reviews, and it's getting like great reviews across the board. So yeah, check I it think- out. I think I enjoyed Gunlord more than their other releases because they also did Last Hope too. Yeah, they were pink bullets and uh, i don't know if i've ever played razion but man last hope it's brutal it is it is it is to the point of where it's almost unfun and that's probably more of a testament to my lack of skills in shoot 'em ups um versus the gameplay itself but man i, I enjoy gradius i enjoy the r types i even enjoy image fight one and two on the turbo like th- those are hard hard games yeah but last hope mm-mm. i i was frustrated immediately i just thought it was it was to the point of almost unfun. All right. So, uh, so this uh, Razion EX has been on the Switch for a while in physical form. Um, they're releasing it now this past week in eShop. So nice. you can get it uh, because, again, it sold out immediately when it was on uh, Switch uh, in physical form. So check it out. Uh, watch some gameplay videos and give it a go if you're a shmup fan. Um, Josh, that leads us to our last question. Here it is. Oh, boy. Okay. All right, you are a big fan of old school games. Um, Who told you that? Disgusting. Eight sixteen bit seems to be kind of your uh, your bread and butter. Sure. Um, what is a genre that was represented well in that era that you just 
do not like. You just never came to grips with. You were just like, fuck, I, I love old school games, but this is one genre that I just can't get behind. A genre of retro games that I never could get behind? Yeah, that you were just like, fuck. I don't know. I get people dig this stuff, but it's not for me. It just ain't my thing. Yeah. I thought the question was going to be, what is a genre of gaming that's missing in today's gaming from oh. the from the 16-bit and 8-bit era? All right, maybe next week. Okay. Anyway, okay. So a genre from the 16-bit and 8-bit era that I never could quite get into. Um, it's a, it's a, it's actually interesting because I would say uh, board game, board games on like video game platforms. So like you know NES Monopoly, yeah, or, or you know some of those games that I know a lot of people that love really dug those and they were really fun multiplayer. You know, passing the controller around, taking turns. And I, I think I wanted to enjoy them, but I could never quite understand why people would do that instead of just playing a regular board game. <laughs> but I mean, they, they've done better now. I mean, there's a lot of games on Steam that you can virtually learn how to play. Yeah. Um, the, the virtual version of it, or the you know the video game version of it, and then just grab a board game and it's exactly the same. So I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah same. I, I love that. I mean, that's how I taught my girlfriend how to play Boss Monster because I was like, I actually don't remember the rules. Let's pop it up on Steam, and we yeah. pl- played a couple of rounds. And I'm like, okay, now I get it again. Nice. So. I think that would be it. How about you? Uh, I was never in the back in the day. I was never into strategy games. Um, wow. You know, I got Military Madness on Turbo Graphics, and I was like, I get what they're doing. I get that they're doing it well. It's just not for me. Um, Vastille was another one on Turbo Graphics. The CD is not a great game. Yeah, and I was I was just like, shit, man. People seem to love this stuff, but I cannot get behind it. Yeah. Um, so, and I mean that was the turbo graphics was my 16-bit life so um, when i was a kid at least so um and you know i, I played versions of like populace uh, and stuff like that and i didn't really get the whole deal i liked sim city but that's not really the same kind of genre that's a little bit different but it was always like the uh turn-based strategy games that i never really could get into back then I, I like them a little better now i can play myself some i can play me some advanced wars you know uh, s- stuff like that but Back then, just couldn't do it. Fucking hated it. Wow. wow. Despite how often I tried. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. It was a longer one this week, but, you know, we had to give the GameCube a little love, I guess. Uh, if you want to find more of our stuff, including our archives, where we probably talked about the GameCube back in its heyday, uh, you can go to mojomenace.com. Where do we have forums? mojomenace.com slash forums. At the top right hand of that page is where you'll find a link to our Discord chat. If you click on that, you can go into our Discord chat and find a video of Josh Raslin. YouTube.com slash Mojo Menace. we got a bunch of videos there. Twitch.tv slash Mojo Menace and all the social medias Mojo Menace. Josh, where can they find you? If you'd like to continue the conversation with me on the Twitterverse about my silly-ass wrestling career, you can always find me on Twitter at underscore Joshua Turbo. Don't forget the underscore as it is the most important underscore in all of the internet. And... My stupid ass Twitch stream. I'm an affiliate. I hit 500 followers somehow. Look at you. A week or two ago, I was playing Bloody Wolf and I flipped out. I (laughs) flipped out. I was swearing. I almost threw controllers on the ground. And when I looked up, I had 95 viewers at that point. (laughs) They're watching you melt down. Watching me melt down. I think I I stared at my camera for a minute in silence. And everyone was like, this is is, what's going to happen next. And not to mention, a month before that, my daughter dropped uh, my my tablet down the flight of stairs and cracked it open. So I was looking at that too. And this, my my stream is basically watching me slowly drain into insanity. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be like the new bit head of Twitch. I'm sure. So. I like it. All right, man. That's it for this week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.